Hello, everybody. We are Ken and Lisa Henderson. We'd like to welcome you to the Faith Works Podcast, and thank you for tuning in. We are going to be looking into the lives of ordinary people, and we'll be examining how faith in God is working in their lives and how it will work in yours. We are very excited to bring you testimonies, release prophetic words, and examine Scripture, which will cause your faith in Jesus Christ to grow. Thanks again for joining our conversation. Welcome to the Faith Works Podcast. Hey, good morning, and welcome to our podcast. We're excited today to have a prophet, evangelist, and author. Chris Overstreet is with us today. Chris is the founder of Compassion to Action and has served on staff at the Bethel Church in Redding, California for 15 years, training and equipping thousands of BSSM students in power evangelism. Chris has a vision to help the evangelists across America and rally the body of Christ around the cross to reach cities all across America. Chris is married to his wife, Stephanie, and has a daughter named Brielle Shalom. Hey, Chris, welcome to the podcast. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you spent your time, where you grew up, and what you're doing these days. I was actually in Reading for 18 years. 18? Wow. Wow. 18 years, and um, and 15 of those years were on staff. We are Mm -hmm. very excited to have you with us today and to hear about what God is doing in your ministry. Chris, I did a spot on our movie, Hope Has a Name. I mean, released a, a strong prophetic word about what God is doing with women in this last days and these last hours that I thought was really powerful. It was, um, empowers women to rise up and be who God's called them to be. But Chris has also, after stepping away from BSSM, he has his, a ministry called Compassion to Action, which is doing some pretty amazing things. So you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, uh, the three things that we do at Compassion Action, uh, number one, we reach the lost. Number two, we make disciples. And number three, we put compassion into action. And so we have a vision for America, and that is to see uh, people ignited in the church to become witnesses. We believe that evangelism is still relevant for today, and so hence reach the loss. We believe that God wants to equip the church uh, for the work of ministry in the area of evangelism and discipleship as well. So we've done open-air campaigns, and we've done large meetings in Portland as well, where we train people and we mobilize people um, out into the streets. Um, uh, Two years ago, we had an event called Portland 2018, where we mobilized 5,000 people on the streets of Portland, uh, just openly displaying the love and the power of Jesus Christ. And we saw multiple individuals born again and brought to Jesus. So our heart really is uh, to see uh, America impacted with the gospel. Amen. So is that part of the City Quake events you're doing? And so uh, City Quake is a separate ministry. Uh, so my heart is to be able to serve other ministries as well. So Compassion Action, you know, I'll speak at other ministries as well, like Power and Love, uh, City Quake, you know, Take the City, Andrew Chandler's, and right. other ministries. So it's just partnership, evangelistic ministries partnering together. That's awesome. So you're just kingdom-minded and kingdom work all together there. Yeah. Um, I know on the streets now, you're pretty bold going on the street. I've been listening to some of your podcasts. I actually jumped on there the other day and God, have you given me a prophetic word? That was so cool. Yeah. Um, 
That was really awesome. I um, mean, you were spot on, by the way. I, I did write you and say, hey, that word was was completely spot on. God uses you very in very much boldness. And I know that um, you're encouraging people to be bold with their faith. Our podcast is Faith Works, which we believe that faith without works is dead. Yes. Um, that also faith works in yes. the life of a believer. If we demonstrate faith, God backs it up. So what, what are some of the things that you encourage people to do using boldness out there? Yeah, well, I, I think that everything flows out of identity. So for, for the believer, you know, knowing their identity in Christ will inspire them to do courageous things. And it's going to look for different for every individual, the way that God's wired them. But ultimately, we want to see expressions of faith and seeing Jesus Christ glorified. I mean, so for someone that may be, you know, walking around neighborhoods, knocking on doors and and announcing to them uh, that Jesus loves them, has an incredible plan for their life. Another person, it may be courageous for them to start a food pantry. For another individual, uh, you know, they may be an entrepreneur and, you know, God's anointed them for business and that their whole business is centered around the kingdom and you know as a business entrepreneur uh, they're praying for people and while they're making money at the same time and and doing things for the kingdom and so our heart is we want people to come alive with who god has called them to be and express the kingdom of god through their lives how was that when you stepped out was that was that a challenge to your faith to leave 18 years of being with bethel to step out you know, that's a great question. Um, you know, uh, compassion action was birthed out of pain, not pleasure. And so my wife had postpartum. And so um, her family lives up in this area. And so she wanted to be up north uh, in this area. I didn't. I didn't have a desire to be here. Compassion action wasn't in existence at the time. Uh, I found myself on my knees and saying, Lord, I don't understand. Why does my wife want to be here? I don't. And I found myself surrendering. My hands were up and saying, Lord, I just surrender. I made a covenant to my wife. And 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 what I'm going to do is I'm going to surrender. So she wants to be up north. I purpose in my heart. I said, Lord, even if I have to work a nine to five job to take care of my family, that's what I'm going to do. And then after six months of really surrendering, compassion action began to be formed and birthed. So to answer your question, I know that's a little bit long, but yeah, that was challenging moments. Me giving up my ego that I didn't know that I had. I didn't know that I had control issues. I didn't know that I had my identity was formed in what I built. Uh, opportunities of me building things and who I was associated with, I found somewhat of my identity connected to that. And so when all of that was stripped away, I found such the comfort of knowing that God that called me, not man. And and so, but there was some tension, there was some surrender. And I'd like to be able to, I wish I could say, well, no, it was easy. No, it wasn't easy. It was letting go of my finances, letting go of my house, uh, letting go of everything that I was dependent on that I didn't know that I was dependent on and saying, I'm going to move to a, a place never really lived there before. Don't hardly know anyone, but I'm trusting you, God. Sure. And, and I think it's interesting that your wife led you in that direction, even, even through circumstance, whatever drove it. And I think it was admirable that you would follow your wife because I think there's a lot of times when I go do my own thing and of course I'd be kingdom minded in doing it, but at the same time, God gave me a helper and she kind of, you know, helps me stay on track, so to speak. And, and there's been times when I've wanted to move that I didn't, and she had a confirmation of going somewhere else. So I think that's very important, and I want to commend you for that. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it takes surrender, and I think it takes humility. 
Yeah. And, um, because I'm, I'm always the lead in the house um, on certain things, but this time it was completely different. It was like, I actually hear God's voice inside of my wife's voice leading me to a direction that I don't want to go, <laughs> but God's in it. God's in it. I can relate to that. <laughs> yes, God's in it. Um, but then after I, I submitted to the Lord, then I, I felt an overwhelming peace. I'm like, okay, God, we're about ready to go on an adventure. I didn't see this coming. In fact, guys, I told my father-in-law six months prior to my surrender around that time, I'll never move to the Northwest. I'm, 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 at, I'm in Reading. I'm committed there. This is, I'm in my call. <laughs> I'm never, you know, cause you tried to convince us for years. And I said, listen guys, here's the deal. We're never moving here. Don't try to convince more. Uh, but, but, uh, the Lord has his ways. Yes, he does. And he has a sense of humor, too. <laughs> I love that you mentioned that it was painful because some people think, and we're talking about faith a lot on the show, that it's an easy thing, that like God just gives you this plan or this idea or this challenge, and it's just so easy from there. And, and we just haven't experienced that. A lot of ours has been birthed out of pain or it's been scary. Um, I mean, there's been peace, too, but do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, I mean, you hit it right on the nail there. I mean, it, it's the truth. I mean, there's pain involved. I mean, especially when you're talking about uh, faith, uh, you know, that works. I mean, there's pain, like you feel people's hearts when you see the suffering, when you see the pain that, you know, that you've guys have seen in your guys' ministry, that, that hurts you as well. That, that does something aside of you. And it takes courage not to look the other way. Remember how the Pharisees, um, you know, the Levites and the priests, they look the other way. But it takes courage, like the Good Samaritan, to be able to say, actually, I'm going to pursue this. It's not easy. It's not necessarily the, the funnest thing to do, but I know what I'm doing requires faith. At the end of the day, it's rewarding. At the end of the day, you lay your head down at night. It's like, God, I've been faithful to you, and that pays more than anything. Amen. Right. Amen. Amen. It does pay more than anything. Thank God he's keeping account, too. So you've got a new book out called Faith That Sees. Faith That Sees. Yes. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I wrote the book because I, I really felt um, last year that it's so important to be able to live by faith um, and not by feelings. Wow. And, um, and I felt that the Lord say that it's really important in upcoming days for us to be rooted and grounded in him and that we have faith. And the book came out around December of 2019. And the Lord told me on December 7th, he said that um, 2020 is going to be a year of courage. You're going to need courage. And it, basically, you're going to need faith. Now, I didn't, I, I, I didn't see what was happening in 2020. I didn't have any of that. All I had was the word, you're going to need courage. You're going to need faith. And so I wrote the book, Faith That Sees, because I really felt like um, to inspire people that we need to live by faith. In the book, I, I talked about, you know, when you're under pressure not to give up. I talked about, you know, really, you know, having a word of the Lord from God and not wavering at God's word, uh, but moving forward. And uh, I shared a story in the book on how we booked the venue at in Portland, the convention center, and we only had $400 in the bank account. 
Wow. We booked a venue that, that the, the, the whole budget was, you know, it was like, uh, it was well over, uh, it was quite a, a quite amount. It was like in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, to be able to do Portland 2018. We booked a venue in faith with $400 in my bank account. And so I signed contracts and I don't recommend people do this. I signed contracts and completely faith that I heard the word of the Lord that I knew that I knew that I knew. And so he put a gift of faith around my spirit, man. But, you know, two weeks prior to uh, or three weeks prior to the event actually happening, we needed a certain uh, amount of money. We needed more money. And we didn't have the money at all. And so I'm at the convention center and our bill is due the next day. Otherwise, Portland 2018 doesn't exist. You know, it, they'll ha- they're going to stop it. They're going to, and we've already had people registered, you know, from all over the place. So I wrote this book to inspire people to live a life of faith. And, and, um, and so I get a text out of the blue. I get a message from someone out of the blue at the, at the convention center while I'm doing the walkthrough. And they said, this is not of God. Don't go through with this event. Don't go through with wow. it. And it's a well-known individual. And, and they begin to uh, discourage me on how I'm just trying to make a name for myself, on how this isn't of God, how they had their assistant uh, reach out to me and tell me to, to stop it. And, and, all, and as I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, did I miss it? Because, you know, tomorrow the bill is due. Right. <laughs> I don't have no money. Yeah, I need like over a hundred and fifty thousand dollars for another uh, down payment, and I don't have anything. I don't have nothing. And then all of a sudden, as doubt begins to creep into my heart, the Spirit of the Lord speaks to me. Says Zambella and Tobiah, that this is not the word of the Lord. Even though it is an individual that is uh, well-known, it is not the word of the Lord. That this is a Zambellic spirit, the Tobiah spirit. This is a false prophecy. And, um, and so my response was love for the individual. And I, and I, I responded and I said, I love you uh, very much. Uh, you've impacted my life and impacted so many other individuals' lives. Your ministry has impacted uh, me. And if you ever just want to just talk, just call me and I'd love to be able to talk. Now, 30 minutes after my response, it was the opposite spirit because that's love. And right. so like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, God really talked to me like, you know, defense mode. I went in the opposite spirit of love or the opposite spirit of compassion because I realized that even men and women of God can be taken captive by the devil if there's jealousy inside of them and false prophecies can come out of them. And so even false prophecies can come out of men and women of God. And, and so I, I realized they've been taken advantage of by the devil. By, by Satan them, themselves have been taken advantage of, and it's a false prophecy. And so I bless them in my spirit. I release forgiveness in my spirit. 30 minutes later, I get a text. Chris, we feel so prompted to be able to help you. And there came a domino effect of it within that day. Over $250,000 came in that day, just just ripple effect of money that day. And it was like God showed me in that moment, live by faith and not by sight. Even if you're at the last moment, don't give up. And uh, it just set a fire in my heart to be able to trust God even more. That is so powerful. And I can can testify. We've seen so many times, I don't know why God likes to do it this way, but at the 11th, hour 1159 
he likes to come through. Um, and so it is a test to your faith. But when he does, what a testimony to, to encourage people to step out and do whatever God's, we, we did something similar um, with the movie, Hope Has a Name. We had uh, just a limited amount in the bank account and don't have any money. And he said, you know, that money that you've got over there in your ministry account? I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, start there. He said, you step, I'll step. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I'm like, I come over here and I t- was talking to him. It was a time of intercession. And I'm like, God knows how much we have in our bank account. <laughs> yeah. And he wants us to use it. So. Hey, hey, Chris, I want to go back and revisit something a minute that, that you kind of uh, mentioned. And that is that somebody accused you of being self-serving, wanting to promote yourself and, and that what is the difference in godly ambition and self-promotion in your mind? Or can you help me with that? Because some of our listeners may want to know those, those type of details. I think humility. Um, I never set out to do this on my own. Everything that was birthed was birthed on a surrender and humility. This was not my plan. And so I, I think that the Lord looks at the heart. You know, 95% of the Christian life has to do with the heart. 5% has to do with giftings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that being really honest um, and transparent with yourself, you know, where where is your heart at? The opposite of, of you know, that we would say, like trying to promote yourself is uh, de- demoting yourself, which is which is pride as well, is false humility, mm-hmm. which is dangerous in itself. And and um, but I, I would say, you know, it's humility. It's doing what God is calling you to do, recognizing the voice of the Lord, developing a hearing heart, and responding in faith. And when you're responding in faith, the truth is you're going to get criticism from all over the place. Sure. And But I think purposing in your heart, it's like, no, my heart is like, I just want to make Jesus famous. I just want to be obedient. I just, this is to see the kingdom of God expand. I just want to see people blessed. And I think it's recognizing the heart to give instead of take, like motives, like, you know, you know when you're really doing something is because you want to help people instead of like, oh, I'm doing this to help myself. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. So heart posture is everything. Heart. I think that, that, you know, trying to reach the masses is very important because we want to be able to for to hear those words on that day, you know, well done or not. Why don't you do more? Uh, why don't you do something? You, you know, and, and that's that's the danger, I think. And so so for me, I kind of have the same definition as you. And if I've struggled with that question, I think other people have struggled with that question. And so uh, it's good to get your take on that. And thank you for that. Yeah, and I think it's being faithful. I mean, it's like, you know, like what you talked about, the talents. It's just being faithful to what God has given you. At the end of the day, you lay your head down at night and, and you know, well, I'm not being obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I'm not being obedient to what I feel inside. I know that there's more that God's placed inside, but I'm not doing it because, number one, it's inconvenient. Um, number two, uh, I don't I don't necessarily feel like it right now. It's much easier just to close down shop and just, you know, uh, put your feet up up and you know put on a you know put on a show or you know it's easy to do that but it takes faith and action to be able to say you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna do what god does and and it and the truth is it's work but his his spirit's working in us 
uh, to be able to do it. Yes, because I know uh, being in ministry, we've had this struggle. I'm sure that our list, some of our listeners have. Have you had seasons of feeling like you're not seeing fruit and wondering, Lord, what in the world? I've, I've, I feel like I heard you. I've obeyed. I stepped out. I'm, but right now, there's, it just seems like I'm spinning my wheels or there's no fruit. Do you, have you had those seasons? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's, and there's sometimes where, you know, those seasons you just press through. And then there's other times that you just, you know, I think if I could be honest, every, every business or every, um, every evangelist has entrepreneurship in them. Okay. So there was a separate business that, that I started a while back and I felt like God told me to do it. Um, and it was, it was a health coaching, you know, the coaching because I used to weigh 400 pounds and, and, and I wanted to be able to coach people to help lose weight. It, it didn't go anywhere. And, but I thought that God was really in it. So I'm glad I started. I'm glad I tried, um, but it didn't, it didn't. So I shut it down because it didn't succeed the way that I thought it did. So I'm the kind of person is, you know, I just don't quit. I just go. And if, if I see, you know, try something else, you know, try something else, but don't quit. Don't kill it. (laughs) You know, my dad always taught me growing up. We don't quit. We just keep going. And that's um, that's a good so talk about that 400 pounds what happened uh well when i was 18 years old i got saved when i was in jail and so i that's my testimony i i i had someone share the gospel with me when i was 18 years old didn't want to hear anything about jesus at the time um but when uh, i was there i asked him for a bible that was the second day and i took that bible and i went into my cell and i got on my knees and i realized three things number one jesus is a son of god that he died on the cross for me and he rose again the third day. Number two, I'm a sinner and I'm a good sinner. I'm a professional sinner and I'm on my way to hell. But number three, um, I don't have to go to hell because Jesus paid the price for me. He died on the bloody cross and he rose again and he paid for individuals just like me. So I got my Bible and I got my, I borrowed a Bible. I got it on my knees and all my sin was brought before me. And I said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart, save me. And I felt this weight come off my shoulders, and, um, and I knew I was forgiven. Well, when I got out of jail, I knew God began to talk to me about things, and he showed me about my future. And at 400 pounds, I couldn't fly all around the world. So he told me that he loved me, he had a plan for my life, and that I needed to value myself the way that he valued me. And I, I needed to stop giving myself a hard time because he's not giving me a hard time. And that he wanted me to go on a journey of discovering how he solved me. And, um, and so I went on a, a journey of discovering how much God loves me. And he, he taught me that I needed to stop belittling myself and stop giving myself a hard time and seeing through the lens of hope and faith, which I talked about in the book too, but to get, begin to encourage myself. And so when I began to do that, something got unlocked. And I, and I talk about Isaiah 26, verse three, that he will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts in him. And the word peace is shalom. And the word minds means creative imagination. So as I began to enter into the peace of God, my imagination began to grow. And for the very first time in my life, I saw myself making changes where prior to four all I saw was hopelessness this is not going to change but then I saw hope come alive and so gave me permission to dream with God and I saw myself making different changes you know changing different things of how I ate how I saw myself and and then I began to make slow changes and the weight began to come off wow, wow. that is amazing but yeah. there's 
combined with action again that is that is so powerful what would you say to somebody i know we have so many listeners so many christians that struggle with their weight and, and you know with being able to lose weight or not being able to lose weight but they, they're just really struggling what what would you say to them yeah i would say first of all you know don't give yourself a hard time first of all don't give yourself a hard time and then understand your why you know in the last in the last five years, I put uh, probably about 40 pounds back on. So I, I can relate to what I'm sharing right now is going to be able to help other people too. Uh, so I'm not just speaking to them. I'm speaking to myself. Understand um, your value. Understand your why. Why is this important to you? Because your why is going to become your motivation. The second uh, question is uh, what's at stake if you don't pursue it? You know, so it's kind of a motivational question. What's at stake if you don't pursue this? You know, how is it going to affect your life? How is it going to affect other people around you? And then, and then thirdly is if you don't pursue this, so what's at stake if you don't? And, and if you don't pursue it, thirdly, uh, how is that going to affect your future? So for me, I began to ask the question in, in the beginning, how's that going to affect my wife? How's it going to affect my children? How's that going to affect my grandchildren? How's that going to affect my ministry? You know, all these things. And, and then it's, and it's really centered around this one thing, this one belief. What does God think? What does God think? Because if I can lock in what God thinks about me, what God thinks about my future, hope will come alive. Hope will come along. So I would say you get God's perspective. And then know as well, you know, diets always die. So you don't want to have a diet because they always die. Uh, but you want to understand what's going to be a healthy lifestyle. You know, some some individuals need to be able to have like uh, testings. Maybe there's some things that are wrong with their thyroid. Maybe there's something wrong uh, with their physical physical body that they just need to be able to get supplements in. Maybe they, they have something uh, going on with their stomach, their digestive system. So I, I would say, and I leave towards uh, that as well and I get that actually from my wife because of what my wife does and I kind of my wife has a nursing background and she's a, she does her own coaching stuff on the side for moms that go through postpartum so so Chris if somebody wanted to get in touch with you and maybe financially support you how would they go about that yeah, one of the best ways you can do it is just go on our website, CompassionToAction.com. And if you want to become a monthly partner, um, there are ways to do that on the website. Um, our partnership, it's all about three things. You know, when you partner with us, you're helping partner to reach the lost, make disciples, and put compassion into action. And so uh, go to our website, CompassionToAction.com, and we'd love to partner with you. Your prayers are essential. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. You've been listening to Ken and Lisa Henderson on the Faith Works podcast, along with Chris Overstreet. We ask that you would join us later to hear the conclusion of the podcast with Chris Overstreet and his interview. What a mighty man of God. We really enjoyed being with you today. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Faith Works podcast. If you like what you heard today, Please be sure to visit us at cornerstonegm.org for books, blogs, movies, and spiritual growth. You can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Lisa Henderson, and that's Lisa, L-E-S-A, and at Ken Henderson, or you can follow our ministries at My Salt Life Church and at Cornerstone Global M. See you next week.